Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. Julie, are you ever, do you ever just sit at home and you're, you know, you're, maybe you're reading a book, maybe mm-hmm. you're watching, uh, you know, a little TV, mm-hmm. staring out the window. In my and, rocking chair. In your rocking chair. And, and you start feeling a little warm. And you suddenly think, what if I burst into flames right now? What if I spontaneously combusted? I actually have had these thoughts before, and not necessarily in a rocking chair, but right. it's one of a those... A rocking chair does seem like the appropriate place to spontaneously It, it does, and you guys will all see why by the end of this podcast, why a rocking chair really fits well into this scenario. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this is one of those things. I've got an irrational fear of uh, spontaneous fire in general, uh-huh. and I and remember which seeing... Is, which is a... a good thing to be afraid of yeah you know, but like toasters and you know yeah. you name it um but i remember seeing pictures of this spontaneous human combustion i was of this a teenager and being like wow this is awful and wonderful all yeah. at the same time i had a similar uh, experience with it because i feel like i either saw it on unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. which did a great job about creeping me out or or enthralling me about various paranormal things yes um because robert stack's voice was so you know authoritative uh, no matter what he's talking about, aliens or or people burning up, uh, and then also like there was like a little book I got in uh, at, like in, in the the checkout line at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. One. For some reason, how to mom, avoid a human spontaneous no, it was just it was just like the, a condensed tome of mm-hmm. all sorts of paranormal, scary things. That, I had something like yeah. that. It was like an oddities thing. Yeah, yeah, and it had of course human spontaneous combustion, which is completely odd. It's a it weird is. thing. It is weird. And it's back in the news, uh, at least it has been this fall. In September of 2011, an Irish coroner declared that the death of one Michael Flaherty, Flaherty uh, was caused by spontaneous human combustion. And uh, that was actually the first instance of it in Ireland. It's. I was reading the articles about this, and um, and none of the the articles actual that I read were actually poking fun of the situation. Mm-hmm. But there is sort of a sense of the guy saying, "I don't know what it is because it's spontaneous human combustion." It's yeah. kind of like saying, "We don't know who the murderer is, but I suspect it was magic." Because it was either human spontaneous combustion or it was an elf. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. That's not very Irish, but. Yes, it, yeah, I you, totally get your yeah. saying. Those, all those articles seem to see just be him throwing his hands up in the air and saying, like, "Ah, okay." What can you do? Yeah, it's got to be uh, human combustion. So um, now, I, I, are you about to share more about this particular story? Well, I was just going to say that uh, it's probably worth mentioning that it was so odd to the coroner because you know here he has a 76 year old man found in his home, uh-huh. and uh, the damage was to his body, which was totally burned, the ceiling above him, and the floor beneath him. And there was no other evidence of a fire. There was no foul play. There was a fire source, but it was a fireplace in the next room. So that's why the, the coroner perhaps just threw up his hands and said, ah, spontaneous human combustion. Oh. Well, I ran across another story from uh, um, from 2011. Mm-hmm. And this one was out of uh, San Francisco and uh, uh, was reported by CBS5. Uh, their their lead is great. It's like, a man was hospitalized Wednesday evening with life-threatening third-degree burns. All right, well, I mean, that's not funny, but, you know. No, no. After somehow catching fire inside a San Francisco porn store, authorities told CBS5. Uh, so, so basically, police officers were on the street, and they saw a flaming man come run out of the shop mm-hmm. uh, suddenly. And there were firefighters like a block away, so they were able to come over and extinguish the flames. But... Um, Here's another line from the article. It said, arson investigators said it was not exactly clear how the man caught fire. Police indicated he had apparently been watching videos in a private booth at the adult arcade when the fire ignited. 
Well, that is that is some powerful porn, yeah. perhaps. Or, as we have found out before, there's very rare instances of pyromaniacs uh, having to start fires in order to reach a sexual climax. Oh, okay. So maybe he was like, you know, the, the one out of, I don't know, two million people that, that needs to do that. So he's like, sexy firefighter film, check. Um, oily rags and, uh, and a torch, check. Yes. I'm ready to go. And then he set himself off. Yeah. That or really powerful porn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or spontaneous human combustion really does exist. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, does it? Eh, big question mark. Yeah. And before we, uh, you know, we, we've, we started off with these cases, uh, if you will, of, of, of alleged spontaneous human combustion. But, uh, but now we're going to take a, a step back and we're going to look at spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Can it happen? Uh, yes. Spontaneous outside combustion of outside of humans definitely occurs. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, our senior video producer, Roxanne, sent us a really interesting article about pistachios. Oh, yes. And uh, apparently they will spontaneous combust at the drop of a hat because especially when they're packed really tightly for shipping because mm-hmm. they have to remain cool and dry. But because they have such a large fat content, it makes them really flammable. So when they're packed that densely, um, they can actually begin to heat themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the oil, the pistachio oil will start to self-heat, causing spontaneous human uh, combustion. So this has really like struck fear into the heart of uh, pistachio shippers. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, pistachios were always like a Christmas time sort of treat in, uh, in, in my household. And uh, I never... Consider the possibility that they might explode. But yeah. in a previous podcast, I was mentioning how I wasn't sure of what I was going to get my uncle Craig for, uh, Christmas because mm-hmm. I drew his name. But, uh, but here, here are two things to consider. A, he has an irrational fear of unexploded ordnance. Okay. And, and lives in the U.S. So it's like, it's not like he lives in Bosnia or, uh, this is good. Or, or South Asia yeah. or anything. Uh, and, but then, uh, the, about the only thing on his wish list that uh, that I'm thinking about getting is uh, mixed nuts in the shell. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking a tightly packed bag of uh-huh. pistachios uh-huh. in the shell with a copy of that article Roxanne sent us. Well, just to throw him into full-blown PTSD, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, just to... Happy holidays! Uh, you make it sound meaner than it is, but... Uh, well, okay, you know. I guess that you are maybe trying to uh, educate him. Yeah. Slash scare him. It would be a learning slash snack experience. Uh huh. And yeah. we know that fear has a really important role in learning, right? Yeah. So there you go. Uh, hmm. I've, um, you don't have to get me a, a present this year. So <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, but there are other instances, piles of hay or straw, right? Yes. This is a big one. Yeah. yeah they've been known to, to, uh, spontaneously, uh, spontaneously combust when they decompose. So the bacteria inside them, orchestrates that decomposition process and uh, that can generate enough heat to kindle a spark and then poof, which I actually saw the other day. My my neighbor had a compost pile oh, that was smoking. It, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And I was like, hey, heads up. And they were like, hey, that's pretty normal. And I was like, all right. So just checking, you know, I didn't want my neighbor's house to burn down because of a pile of leaves. Um, and then, of course, the pile of oily rags, which you have yes. mentioned. Yeah. And uh and you'll see this warning on various like varnishes and mm-hmm. what have you, where they'll say like, "Don't leave, <laughs> don't leave the oil, the oil rags unattended after you do this because yeah. it may set fire to itself." Yeah, because yeah, what we're talking about here is that oxygen is meeting an inflammatory agent, mm-hmm. and then there there has to be a spark, right? Which sometimes can happen naturally, and like for instance, the pile of rags. You can't can start, start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. Is that right? Is that what the boss said? 
Yes. Okay, good. He was right. I was just ch- ch- fact-checking my basic physics uh, with with uh, the boss. There. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to. So when, you, when we do talk about spontaneous human combustion, what, what really are we talking about? Um, well, it's it's kind of like that case in uh, not so much the case with the dude running flaming out of the uh, adult store. Mm-hmm. Because that's more just like a dude on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, spontaneous human combustion, as as we typically encounter it, we're talking somebody who's been burnt down, like to the bone or through the bones. Right. But then maybe like an entire arm will be uh, just laying there on the floor next to them. Yeah, it was identified as early as 1825, or the the alleged phenomenon, um, by a Dr. Trail who claimed he had recently discovered a peculiar kind of oil in the human blood, which is highly inflammable. This oil is chiefly observed in the blood of persons who have been addicted to drinking ardent spirits. (laughs) It is probably that this discovery may tend to elucidate the hitherto uh, inexplicable... Phenomenon of the spontaneous combustion of human bodies. So even back in the day, they were seeing these instances uh, that were very odd. Again, there are certain hallmarks that we'll talk about that make uh, people quite quizzical. Right. It'll be someone like they're burned in their rocking chair and the chair's still there. Yeah. But their their bones were incinerated. Right. Uh, which is weird because like, you've got a wood chair, a wooden chair that that is uh, not affected at all. Right, the room will be fine. The um the you know the, the chair or the bed will be fine. There'll mm-hmm. be like a leg or an arm that isn't burnt. And uh and for all I mean if if you were just to open the door to all sorts of science fiction possibilities, yeah. it yeah. it looks like someone was like blasted with a, a sci-fi ray gun or a heat gun or something mm-hmm. because it just like just cores right through them. Aliens yeah. again. But, but we know it's it's not that. Visiting the elderly. So, so the question arises, you know, what what could be going on? And there are there are various theories, um, and and a number of these theories do relate to uh, to some of these phenomena we were talking about. Uh, for instance, uh, methane, mm-hmm. uh, methane building up inside the intestines and then ig- ignited by enzymes. Right. But what's the problem with that? Uh, the problem is that, as you had said before, this is largely the, the parts of the body that were largely affected are the skin and the bones and mm-hmm. not the internal organs. So that would clue us into an external source of the fire, uh, rather than internal. Yeah. And, and again, uh, just, just to give you an idea of like what it takes to incinerate a body, mm-hmm. because most of the, most of the body is not flammable. I mean, that's, that's the thing. We're, we're so much water. We are not pistachios. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's not a lot in us that can, uh, that can actually go up in flames. Uh, and if you, even in like a crematoria, the temperatures are generally like 700 to a thousand centigrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't even destroy the bones. Mm-hmm. So some of these other theories, static electricity, the oh, idea right. that if you were walking around your carpeted home, I guess we're just, like if you didn't leave and you had socks on you mm-hmm. could, and you were just walking around in circles and in circles and in circles, you could eventually build up enough of a static charge to incinerate your body. Which just seems so. so I mean, you don't need to go out and like build a hat out of like, you know, dryer sheets. Right. It just seems a little bit silly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and then there's a sort of an extrapolation of this by a guy named Larry Arnold, who is a self-proclaimed expert on the subject and author of Ablaze. And he claims that there's a new subatomic particle called the pyrotron that has the power to ignite the body. Oh, Yeah. But, but of course, none of that is, is at all proven. It's right. Kind of That's idea. the problem with that. I mean, it is kind of interesting. It kind of leads into the idea, you know, the whole E equals MC squared thing about mm-hmm. matter and energy. And mm-hmm. well, what if 
some or all of the matter in our body were transferred into into energy, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the the problem with that, uh, and this is from uh, Dr. Stephen uh, Novella, mm-hmm. uh, who's a Yale neur- neurologist and founder of the New England Skeptic Society. He points out that the mass of a single person, if entirely converted to energy, would be much more than a few hydrogen bombs. So, right. so even if there there was some sort of situation with uh, with matter transferred into energy inside the human body, mm-hmm. it would have to be just a minute amount of mass. Uh, like a very minimum amount. Well, there's no process really that could kickstart this in the right. first place. I mean, there's not even a theory for this. So it's but, just kind of a hey, maybe it's right. This is particle. But if it were to happen, to your point it, uh, would be that we are basically a bunch a bunch of walking hydrogen bombs, right, ready to go off. Right. If if there were some sort of process to actually kick that into into motion. Yeah. Right. And then you also have to consider that. Um, Kids playing with methane, and when I say methane, I mean farts and lighters. Uh-huh. Like you would see so many more uh, instances of spontaneous human combustion among twelve-year-old kids. And and remember, not everybody produces large quantities of methane. Remember our uh, our NASA. Uh, uh, one of our podcasts uh, right, we were talking right. maybe it was the werewolf theory. We we're talking about the ideal human body to go into space. Right. And NASA found that that uh, you know, there are certain individuals that produce much less methane and mm-hmm. some individuals who produce no methane. Right, with so. flying the face of the whole methane building up in your intestines theory, right? right? But there is one theory that seems to uh, hold true, at least in terms of explaining how someone might burn the way that they do um, with their extremities intact and with the rest of the room completely intact. Ah, uh, you're talking about the wick theory, I believe. Yes. Yeah, this is one of the more interesting theories and definitely more interesting than things like balls of lightning or... Uh, or uh, Aliens. Or aliens or psychic uh, phenomena. Uh, and, and this is basically the idea that the human body can, under certain circumstances, be like a big fat candle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, think of a candle. Uh, you know, the wax ignites the wick and keeps it burning, right? Because it's got the fat and that fat continues to allow the candle to burn very slowly. So essentially, the human body could do the same thing. Yeah, and there was uh, there was a, a, actually BBC sponsored an experiment in '98, mm-hmm. and it was pretty great when I found this. Like normally, I would not be like, "Hey, there's a study from '98," and, and be proud right, of it. Right. But it was it's a pretty cool experiment they put together. And if you look it up online, it's like still like there. I don't I don't understand how some websites do their updates because there are parts of the BBC website mm-hmm. that have never changed. Like they're still. This this ancient <laughs> web design, and it's right. pretty awesome because you feel like you're actually going back in time when you look at these. So anyway, this involved this guy, Dr. John DeHaan of uh, California Criminalistic Institute, mm-hmm. and uh, they did what anyone would do when testing out the wit theory. They took a they used a pig in a blanket, by which I, I I don't mean a tasty hot dog or vegan hot dog wrapped in uh, some a wool, literal some dough, literally you know. a pig in a blanket. R- literally, it was a dead pig in a blanket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and they, why did why did they use pig? Because I I thought this was really interesting. I mean, they obviously it's something that's much more ethical than using human, right? Right, right. That was the number one. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the okay from the BBC to burn any actual people, right? Uh, but also, I I believe it has to do with like the the amount of fat. Okay. Yeah. Maybe um, comparable to a human. Yeah, being. comparable. You know. A human that catches on fire, and here's a pig, yeah, more or less. Okay. Um, so they they wrapped this dead pig in a blanket, and then uh, a small amount of petrol uh, was poured on it, gasoline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after five hours uh, of continuous bur- burning, they found that the bones were in fact destroyed. 
And uh, Dr. DeHaan said the sort of damage here is exactly the same as that from supposed spontaneous human combustion. Uh, okay, yeah. so so uh, just like the candle, like a tallow or um, candle wax, uh-huh. it allowed the, the burning to happen in a consistent way over yeah, a matter of consistently, hours. Consistently, slowly, but you know, not in a way that's going to burn the rest of the house down, not in a way that's going to necessarily gather a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it ex- also explains why only part of the body, the part that's rich in fat, burns away while the rest stays intact. Yeah. All right. So what do uh, what what do all of these cases have in common? Well, do they uh, all know each other? Uh, because that they, would be they did not, and oh, they were okay. not all huge drinkers, right? That, okay. That sometimes so that throws that comes the, up. the special human oil uh, theory out the exactly, window. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the victim is almost always completely consumed, usually inside his or her home. Uh-huh. Okay. So it usually happens in someone's home. A sweet, smoky smell usually accompanies the incident. Yeah. It's like, so like barbecue. I was yeah. gonna yes. That, I mean, it's a little distasteful, but yes, like barbecue. Yeah. Um, and then the extremities often stay in, intact, which we've talked about. So the head and torso may be completely charred, but the hands, feet, and legs are left unburned. And that's what you see in on some of those iconic photos, you know, someone's shoes with smoke coming out of them. Um, there are no other signs of fire in the room other than a greasy residue sometimes left on furniture and walls. Okay. And not all spontaneous human combustion victims simply burst into flames. Some develop strange burns on their body, which have no obvious source, or they emanate smoke from their body uh, when no fire is actually present. Mm-hmm. Should be a little bit weird to look down at your arm and see, you know, smoke curling up, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what they all share in common. And that is why it has been such a interesting subject for a lot of people because that's very those are weird things right right um, but i do think that the wick theory and the pig in the blanket experiments actually help to support that um and it and it's also key to note here that that uh, that uh, th- throwing in with this pig in the blanket uh, uh idea is the uh, is the notion that it's probably not spontaneous right the, the spontaneous is just sort of i mean it's kind of like well we don't know what the cause is so it must be magic Right. Uh, kind of a deal. Uh, Where in reality, yeah. there are a number of things in any given household that could potentially set something ablaze. Right. At issue here, the heart of the matter really is, is it coming from an external source or is it coming from an internal source? And right. obviously, as we've kind of discussed, um, you know, today, it's not coming from inside. There's no pyrotron, really, that's igniting us. Um, many of the cases have... Um, had victims who were smoking, mm-hmm. and a good amount of them have been had been drinking as well. Okay, so it stands to reason that they fell asleep uh, while smoking. The embers fell on them, ignited their clothes, and then poof, they become a human candle. Um, so you know that's not all of them explained away in such a neat fashion, but a good many of them share that sort of commonality. Right, and the individual is elderly, as uh, a number of cases yeah. are. I mean, you or can, infirm, or yeah. infirm in some way. I mean, you can easily, you can more easily imagine that happening, where they they're smoking or whatever, they mm-hmm. they catch their smells on fire and stop, drop, and roll is not necessarily as easily achieved. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can you can see when you lay it out that way, you can see that it's pretty obvious that it probably is coming from an external source. And even in the case of the man, the 76 year old man mm-hmm. who had a fire in the next room, but no fire source where he was sitting and where he died, it's very possible that he could have gotten up, stoked the fire and somehow ignited a piece of his clothing without even knowing, sat back down. I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit hard to explain any of these away, but um 
to me, it seems a little bit more, uh, at least practical to, to look at it more as an external phenomenon. Yeah. And I just keep coming back to that, right? It's gotta be some sort of external thing. And in fact, uh, we recently circulated in the office something called an IA, which is our initial approach for when yeah. we try to tackle a subject. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm writing an article about such and such. Here's what I'm thinking. Do you guys have any other tidbits to share? Yeah. Yeah. Piled on. And so I know I'm sharing the secret sauce here of what we do, but, um, (laughs) but I'm telling you because one of the things that went out, one of the IAs was, Hey, what were some of the craziest headlines of 2011? Uh, cause we're going to do some sort of roundup article about that. And one of them that made the list, or actually I don't know if it's made the list, but was uh, put out there was woman's face, ignites during a standard procedure, standard operating um, procedure that she was having. I think she was having maybe some moles removed or something. Uh So what happens basically because they're using so many instruments in the operating room now that have, you know, electricity that they're, you know, sometimes, you know, something ignites. Unfortunately, it was this woman's face and um, it's pretty awful to have to go in for something like that and, Mm -hmm. and come out pretty burned. But again, here's another case where, Fire happens, and uh, you usually have to have a source for the ignition, right? Right, like like sprint, uh, like the boss said. So there you go. There you go. Case uh, closed. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, speaking of spontaneous combustion, I think I see the robot coming over here with a smoking piece of listener mail. Hello, Arnold. All right. So here uh, we hear from Jim. And Jim writes in and says, I just finished your fire podcast. Uh, So he's talking about the Pyromania podcast that uh, came out a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, I don't have any feelings about fire that are beyond what I would consider the norm. My uh, most frequent interaction with fire was as a Boy Scout, which Robert mentioned, too. There was something very alluring about it. It wasn't just the flame itself, but our ability to master it through the prep work in gathering materials, building the fire, lighting it, and finally putting it out. It was always a goal to build a fire without using newspapers or other fast starters. We were even successful with no non-match techniques, such as steel matches. I've uh, never tried the bow or other pre-match techniques, uh, which, of course, the ones you see in all the movies where they're they're the little bow, Mm -hmm. the the twine, um, uh, which I hear are very challenging. Uh, By the way, uh, we never pee down the fire. It really stinks up the place. Um, (laughs) Which, as we mentioned before, the alchemists uh, know the smell. Uh, We used to know the smell of burning urine as they were trying to turn into gold. Mm -hmm. Uh, After scouts, I didn't have much direct contact with fire. A few years ago, my son tried scouting, too. One of the first skills the boys learn is fire safety control. We built a few fires, and the sight, sounds, and smell of a wooden campfire brought back all kinds of memories. Um, You didn't mention fire in Frankenstein. I only mentioned it because I uh, caught part of young Frankenstein on cable this weekend. And, of course... In the films, Frankenstein is uh, afraid of fire. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's one of the the really cool things about something like uh, like Boy Scouts. Um, you know, is that it gets kids, even kids that are um, maybe part of a more urban environment, gets them um, out there with fire. Sure, playing with it. There's a certain amount of playing with fire is inevitable mm-hmm. uh, in that situation. But you're also learning the basic control of it and how to use it responsibly, and indeed some techniques to, to start it. Uh, beyond merely, uh, you know, throwing some fire on some lighter fluid. Indeed, I'm sure that's exactly what I was trying to do when I was burning ants with magnifying yeah, glass. Yeah, you just if uh, if you'd been in scouts, then uh, how many ant lives would have been saved? Uh, it's hard to Countless. say. Countless. Yeah. To say. So hey, if you have anything you would like to share with us, be it uh, your own history with fire, your own if you if you have any personal experience with spontaneous human combustion, do tell. We would love to hear about that. Or if we left out any um, harebrained theories, you can find us on Facebook. Um, we are Stuff to Blow the Mind on there. 
And you can find us on Twitter, where our handle is BlowTheMind. And you can also send us an email at BlowTheMind at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Tomorrow.